Good storm brain. All right. Let's see if we can get it. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> All right. How's it going? I'm Trent Windsor, and I'm here with... With Rex. And Christopher. And we are absolute pros. Um... <laughs> We get together to do this podcast to talk about music, specifically music that Pitchfork Magazine, the illustrious, the grand, the infallible, um, we come together to decide whether that magazine has chosen good music to be best new music. Best new music being their category of what's good right now, what's worth listening, what's, what's worth listening to, what's coming out. So the album that we have landed on for this episode that Pitchfork named Best New Music is This Is How You Smile by Helado Negro. That means black ice cream for those that uh, are uncultured. I, Rex, have decided that I'm going to take a stance of Helado Negro's This Is How You Smile is not worthy of the position of being named best new music for Pitchfork. And I, Trent, have decided <laughs> that it is. It is worthy. And Chris will be our judge um, because he's not a, as big of a music nerd as either Rex or I. Now to start off, I am a little bit on the uh, the negative side just because this is his sixth album. So it's not technically best new music. He's got like six albums before. <laughs> but, but... We'll, we'll see. We'll see how Trent does on uh, switching me up for a little bit there. It wasn't bad. I liked it. Yeah, we've all listened to it. Um, my initial reaction was just kind of like, "Well, that's an album," which you know kind of says no. But I, well, after listening to it a few more times, I've come to be a little bit more positive to it. So, Rex, do you want me to do the uh, the pro first, and you can do the anti next? Or how about you tell us what they said in Pitchfork magazine? All right, Pitchfork Magazine rated Halado Negro's This Is How You Smile an 8.5, which is ultimately equal to Lil Peep's Hellboy. So, <laughs> the, <laughs> Which is the album we hold in highest esteem. <laughs> so what Pitchfork had to say was Roberto Carlos Lange's sixth and best album has Halado Negro... As Halado Negro deepens and expands upon the Im imagistic nature of the lyrics and cosmic synth folk. It is a sublime, masterful piece of music. Yeah, cosmic synth folk. We've yeah. all heard it. We all know it. You grew up as a baby singing cosmic synth folk. <laughs> cosmic synth folk. What a... What a... It's a very, very familiar genre to all of us. As a, as a pro, uh, as pro best new music, I don't know if I would, I don't know, cosmic synth folk seems like one of those pretentious terms that someone who writes for Pitchfork would use. For me, <laughs> for me, this seems like a very personal and stripped down take on bedroom pop. If you're not familiar with bedroom pop, it is exactly kind of what it sounds like. Something that someone would make in their bedroom. And the setting of the bedroom kind of suggests that it's dreamy, that it's a little bit more introspective, a little bit more personal, and it has to do a lot more with, um, yeah, just personal matters. 
And this is what I think Lado Negro does really well on this album, is he's really good at presenting how he feels in a personal and poetic way. These seem like the musings that someone would do in their most private spaces, and he is vulnerable enough to bring those private thoughts and feelings to major platforms like Apple Music and Spotify. This is something that maybe if I had made my own version of uh, that was just as personal, I probably wouldn't have shared it with anyone. I probably would just listen to it on my own. Um, there's a lot of songs that I really like on this album, and it was hard for me to choose which one to play for Chris to try and kind of sway him. Um, I really like Fantasma Vaga, which is in Spanish, as many of these songs are. Same with uh, Pai Nublado. Uh, I'm saying all of these wrong because I'm white. Very, very white. Uh, but the, the the song is very good. Um, I greatly enjoyed the opener, Please Won't Please. But the song that I think really hit me the most uh, is this song, Seen My Aura. It's track number seven. And I feel like he does a good job of putting out his feelings in regards to someone he's trying to impress, perhaps a crush. And I always feel like that's such an intimate and personal feeling to put out there. And so this is seeing my aura and you know, Chris, I'll talk a little bit more about it once we've listened to it again. Open to 
So, some things that I want to note about this song once we've listened to it again. His voice is not amazing. And I think that's part of the charm. So, if you don't like it, maybe that's part of what you don't like about it. But for me, you know, with the whole personal aspect of it, I think that's part of the charm. I really love some of these lyrics he throws in there. You know, he's talking about how he's standing on sunburnt pavement trying to look cool. Obviously, this is a new relationship. But he says that, um, he says that he's seen his aura for the first time right in front of you. And it's within this relationship that he's starting to really understand who he is. And I think that's something very beautiful. And all of these kind of confessions that he makes about what he's doing to impress his crush, his love, um, all of the things that he's doing to try and look cool, but the way he feels about it, I think those are all very personal. And that personal, that personal vibe runs through this album and makes it feel like you're listening to someone's journal, which has always been... Something, something I actually have always wanted is to find someone's journal in a thrift shop and just read it. And I think we're all very fascinated just to look into someone's life, a stranger's life. And I think this is kind of what he's done in this album. I mean, his voice is a little soothing. It's not like anything like super special, though. Yeah. I will say it's not bad. It's yeah. not like awful. He's hitting notes, right? Yeah. To jump on that, there is one song that he uses his voice and that's my favorite song on this album hmm. and not to be like totally pro about it but it's the uh which one is it savannah de luz that song when i was listening to it i was like if this entire album sounded like this song i'd like it hmm. and it was because he was using his voice one of the biggest like things that just like pet peeves what irks me about bedroom pop 
I wrote down some names here. I wrote down Boy Pablo, Claro, Yellow Days, honestly, even Mac DeMarco, mm. right? Is how lazy it is. Mm. It's so lazy. The voice, like, you can hear him going flat. Now, I understand, like, there's a raw element to it that's, that's awesome. I wrote down another name, Sandy Alex G. Sandy Alex G, I don't know that I call it bedroom pop as much as like just lo-fi alternative country noise, whatever Sandy mm. Alex G does, yeah. right? Um, that, that there's a sound when you're going lo-fi, when you're when you're trying to keep things pretty simple. Um, but but I, I don't know how else to say it then it's just it's just lazy singing. Like they could obviously work harder for it. Well, this this Sabana de Luz is a perfect example mm. of wow, this guy has a really nice voice. So we've got proof that he can sing better. We've got proof that he can do better, <laughs> but he's sitting here like, ah, 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 and you're like, give me a little something. Now, it's not always important. I mean, you can go to, <laughs> yeah, you can auto tune the the crap out of your vocals if you want to go that route, right? right. But to me, it's just I. I I truly listen to this and I just get so bored, hmm. you know, especially that song. Like I was almost falling asleep. The last, the outro was the best part I was saying, because <laughs> it was, I, I could, you know, I could vibe to it. I could actually feel the music and he wasn't singing. He did. I didn't hear his voice and I was enjoying the music. I feel so <laughs> bad. But it's like, <laughs> we talked about it. it was, it's, it's a upscale elevator music. Yeah. Yeah, it's upscale elevator music. No, but but excuse me, Mister Helado. <laughs> <laughs> the parts that you're not singing on, we can keep those. Just delete the rest <laughs> of the album. Whatever. No, but but that's what I'm saying. This this uh, Sabana de Luz song. I think we should give it a listen. Maybe maybe not part of a podcast, but to me, like I would add that to a you know a, a Sunday easy listening playlist. I love that song. But, like, every example, you're like, I like this one, I like this one. I'm like, I, I couldn't get behind them. It, it was just, the lazy singing is, is is annoying to me. And I think that's a personal preference thing. Hmm. Obviously, like, some people like that, you know, that lazy. It, it, it's similar to, to liking different genres of rap, you know? You have, you have draw rap, you have mumble rap, you have... Hmm. Kendrick Lamar, you have all these guys that are doing different things, and some people have personal preferences with the vocals. But to me, vocals make up so much of a song. That, I mean, we were talking about Schlagenheim, <laughs> right? And how he just says, my purpose, like, the entire song. The vocals make the song so important. Like, you want to listen to most music for the vocals. And when I'm bored, like, I don't find that best new music at all, you know? Anyway. All right, what song do you got for us, for me? No, no, no. This is. I oh, I. Piece, man. <laughs> I don't have much else to say either. I think Rex makes some great points, and I think, I think, and I've been thinking about this a lot this week, and hopefully, listeners of this podcast can agree that music is subjective, and that all musical opinions are valid. It's okay, it's okay to love this and make this your favorite album of all time. And it's okay to do the exact opposite and never listen to it again. And, and where we fall, we, we try to kind of show the pros and cons of, of each album and show why you might want to do either one. 
and hopefully everyone can find some value in the opinions that we throw out there. Uh, in this case, Rex's opinion is wrong. <laughs> oh. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm, I'm just, just to preface, just to say, there are things that I really liked about this album. No, yeah. But I'm yeah. playing. I'm playing. Every card that I can. We, we've, yeah, we've both chosen a side and we're both fighting for it. Um, but in the end, Chris is our ultimate decider. So Chris, tell us some of your impressions and tell us whether you think this would be best new music or not. Wait, I, I do want to actually play okay. another song. Okay. Okay. Is that cool? Yes. Like, I yeah, want to argue. You, you got to sway a little bit more because I'm going a little more towards Trent. I'm going to tell you. Right, start yeah. off the other way. We're going to play this first song. Oh. Okay. I almost played this song. We're going to play this first song. Now, there are things that I like about this song. I'm not going to talk about any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you the thing I, I absolutely dislike about this song. And it honestly goes back to a lot of the the idea of the, like the pretentiousness of bedroom pop. And like, I'm doing everything on my own from my room. But it's not very good. <laughs> so we're gonna Go. we're gonna give it a listen and right. uh most of what we're gonna be doing is talking about lyrics in this case okay live town an ocean on town Thank you. 
listen to I don't even remember the please name. won't please please won't please now I want to be careful with this because there are there are good little lines in these lyrics here right for example I'm just gonna go ahead and pull it up if yeah. that's all right um, the, that brown won't go brown just glows like it's it's really cool how he's using you know part of how he's grown up and the different, you know, and they talk a little bit about this in the Pitchfork article, actually, just talking about how he uses his life as, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure if he was an immigrant or if he was children. He was a child of immigrant parents. He was a child yeah, of immigrants. Yeah, yeah, so he was a child of immigrant parents, right? And he used a lot of, like, his upbringing in some of these lyrics. But you wouldn't be able to tell that. You wouldn't be able to tell it at all unless, like... Trent was saying a little earlier, unless Genius was, you know, <laughs> putting out every single little, this is the, an allusion to this, and this is an allusion to this. Other mm -hmm. than that, it's just, it's choppy wordplay. Honestly, it reminds me of songs I used to write in, like, fifth grade. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I'm a genius songwriter, but, like, if, if I feel like I was writing stuff like this in fifth grade, then, you know, there can be a little more. You've got amazing songwriters. I would even call Mac DeMarco a really good songwriter, right? Mm -hmm. But the, uh, the problem with this specific feel on the bedroom pop is it's just, I, I, I don't like the lyric. I don't, I don't like the way that they flow. I don't think that it's poetic. I don't. Like, it's mm -hmm. just, anyway. That's fair. Yeah. We, were, we were talking during the song, and, and uh, I was telling Trent, I didn't really like the song that he played the first time because it's halfway through the album, and I didn't listen to the lyrics because halfway through the album, probably like second song, maybe even the third song is when I tune the voice out. It's just so soothing enough <laughs> and so kind of rhythmic that, and all the songs are kind of the same, like voice, that I, I did, I tuned out the the um, the voice, completely, his voice completely, but I liked the, the undertones, the music, the beat, everything on all the album, and I feel like it just flowed through on that. So Chris, uh, tell us your, you've heard both of our sides, tell us your final impressions and whether or not you would call this best new music. Alright, like I said before, this is his sixth album, so it's not technically new music. I haven't listened to any of his other albums, so it might be new vibes well, it's, from him. It's new, it's new chronologically, right? Gotcha. So it just came out this last year. Gotcha. So I, so before we played that first song, I would say an eight after talking to... After kind of the discussion, I would say maybe even like a six and a half. Just because his voice, it just kind of, it's soothing. There are a couple songs, I'm going to look through it again. There's a couple songs, though, that I kind of liked. And I, I'd probably put on a couple of my playlists and listen to it um, throughout. So I would say I'm a little bit more above a yet on a yes than I am a no. But I'd say probably six and a half, maybe a seven. I'll look through it again, but that's kind of where I'm floating right now. Not an eight and a half like... Uh, like, uh, like Fitchfork Fitchfork uh, recommended on that one, but I'd say six and a half, seven. So not yeah. exceptional. So not, not not like outstanding. Which I think have, is the uh, mark, but. right? That's what we're looking for for best in music is something exceptional. So, so what you're telling me? Not best new music, but music oh. I would listen to. <laughs> music I would listen to, but not the best new. 
Okay. Okay. Well, that's one one, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hope you listeners know we we do this for fun, and we we don't feel so strongly all the time. We're just presenting our best arguments. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for listening to us. Go ahead and share this plot, this podcast. Go ahead and share this podcast with your friends, your family, your neighbors, your acquaintances, and your enemies. Um, good, to- good. Uh, and if you do, you will be blessed with uh, a thousand years of good luck. Um, so yeah, Lotto Negro. This is how you smile. Thank you for listening. Black ice cream. <laughs>